And without further ado, we are so honored and excited to host on our podcast today, Mary Fisher Day. Mary, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Good to see you, ladies. Oh, it's good to see you, too. Yeah, definitely. So to get started, we're going to start this off as we do with all of our guests. And we have a this and that rapid fire round of questions for you. All easy, nothing stressful. We don't want you to panic. Um, We're just going to give these out to you, Mary, and you just tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start off. Do you hair dry or air dry your hair? Both. I have naturally curly hair. So when I let it natural, it's like, but today I blow dried it. So it's a little more professional. (laughs) Awesome. All right. How about heels or tennis shoes? Preference? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Flip-flops. I love it. I love Uh, it. But tennis shoes. But yeah. For business, I wear heels. I wonder if you're going to have a third answer for this one. Yoga pants or jeans? Oh, yoga pants. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I, if I get to choose comfort, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Introvert or extrovert? Very much an introvert. Mm-hmm. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer mountains or the ocean? The ocean. Mm-hmm. Is it breakfast or no breakfast for you? It should be breakfast, but I just dive into work, so no breakfast typically. Mm-hmm. Um, eating in or going out to eat? Eating in. Mm-hmm. As with introvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can predict the next one. Do you like watching a movie in a movie theater or Netflix at home? I don't watch many movies. But probably Netflix at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Uh. <laughs> Would you read a book or a Kindle? Read a book. Mm. Cat or dog? Dog. Mm. Would you eat a burger or a salad? Oh, usually a salad if I get to choose between those two. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then... Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Mm -hmm. Because I still have Sunday to go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Well, that was a good, that was a good theme. We kind of got a feel of of who you are. Thanks for doing that with us. And uh, I will see you at the ocean with your flip-flops any day. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I know that you do so much within your business, the dental business, but Mm -hmm. tell us why you became so passionate about helping dentists throughout the practice purchase process and the sales process. Through all my years in dentistry, practice management consulting, and then as a transition broker, what I realized is dentists have no one who has their personal back mm. their personal it's a I'm a personal transition advisor I help them with what they want and what's best with them not I don't have a legal agenda as an attorney or a 
financial agenda as a CPA. I have their agenda, but I have the background to do it all, luckily, but not the legal and the CPA. I didn't mean do it all, but I certainly have connections and understand why they do what they do. But dentists have, they're underprepared and underrepresented, I would say almost unanimously when they purchase or sell a practice. They don't have anybody who has their back, their broker. What do they want? I mean, yes, if you, there are some that are just wonderful and really do care and will forego a commission, will cut their commission to help that doctor out. But, you know, others are like, this is the best offer you're going to get, blah, blah, blah. You know, so mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you say, said something um once when we were talking and I found it so incredibly valuable, but you understand the language. I do. Mm-hmm. And if you think about dentistry, like we know our language is dentist, mesial, mm-hmm. buckle, distal, you know, all of that. We have our language. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get into a transition and there is some language that we're not familiar with. Right. And that's like, uh, uh, yeah, I would not want anyone to trust me doing a root canal so (laughs) because I've never done one but you know and this is what I do and I'm passionate about it and I know that it's something I do well Mm -hmm. it's just it I'm not saying it came naturally but over time I have learned and I can I'm just I'm passionate enough about it to do what it takes to make sure my client's best interests are at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, knowing the language is important. I understand the legal language. I can read a contract as good as anyone. I understand the accounting language, the CPA language. I work with lenders. So I understand what they're going to want, what they're not. I understand what a lease is supposed to look like, what a sales agreement, practice purchase agreement, letter of intent, all of that pre-due diligence, due diligence, <laughs> you name it. So mm-hmm. I under I I just understand that. So it's just I feel like because of that and the heart I have to help them, that's mm-hmm. makes me a good fit for this mm-hmm. job. And that's the reason I pivoted the dental business in 2019 from practice management consulting itself when and I had just resigned from Shine as a practice transition um, consultant, a practice broker there, um, to this personal transition consulting and representing buyers and sellers in a personal way, not as their broker as much, but in a personal way. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Oh, I was going to say that's one of the things like that Laura and I are both really passionate about in the Mint Door is highlighting to doctors who are doing the day-to-day daily grind that there are people out there that I wouldn't have even known that somebody like you existed when I was in practice mm-hmm. that there is somebody who would you know help me manage you know what I'm doing with my practice and one of the fit areas of your business which I hadn't even ever thought about until I met you Mary was <laughs> how you assist dentists with their emergency exit plans and wow. an emergency directive for, you know, should the worst happen. So for people that are listening, this may be the first time that they've heard about these things. 
So can you explain to us a little bit about what they are and why that's so important to have those things in place? Well, I I think it's, you know, you have life insurance, you have a will, you know, so this is for better way of, it's estate planning for your practice. It's a will for your practice. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know another way to say that, but here's the thing. And here's what triggered it in me. 2016, um, a plane full of dentists leaving Serona world crashed mm-hmm. on that plane were three couples. Five of them were dentists, I believe. Between them, they left 11 children with no parents. And they were so young. They were young. And um, I just thought, oh, my gosh. And it became obvious that some of them did not have an exit plan. So it took a long time to sell their practice. And some practices get picked apart if you you know, because there's not the goodwill goes with the dentist as they die, unless you can manage to keep the team on and keep the patients coming in. So you have to have an emergency exit plan or emergency exit strategy to make that happen. Okay. So I also took what some call a letter, a letter of direction, but it's an emergency directive. Okay. Is how i the terminology I use, and I put together this document that will encompass everything you need if something happens to you. You could give it to somebody and they can sell your practice. They don't have to call the office manager who's devastated, the spouse who's devastated and all that. They don't have to make them go in and find all the documents and everything. You can, It's going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And you can, if you don't want to sell the practice, you want to bring in an associate, the plans are in there for that, how to do it. Somebody's going to eventually need to buy the practice, probably, Mm -hmm. unless your spouse is a dentist, which, you know, happens as well. So um, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I've Mm -hmm. seen this happen over and over. I talk with dental spouses a lot Mm -hmm. um, who have just lost their spouse who is a dentist you know it is it's traumatizing they're losing their best friend and they know nothing about dentistry mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do with the practice and um so I've dealt with quite a lot of that lately so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be proactive in it and there are other people who have who help with emergency exit plans and emergency exit strategies but I think I'm different in that I have the practice management consulting background. Mm-hmm. I also have a 17 year clinical background. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all knew that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I know kind of what happens in a dental practice, mm-hmm. then practice management and then brokerage where I am now. I I just want to put what I know to good use mm-hmm. and seeing spouses and families struggle to mourn those who have died and getting phone calls from team members who are saying, am I going to have a job? What do I do? Do I need to quit? You know, mm-hmm. things like that. And I, I walk them through that and it's, it's heartbreaking. So that is why it's so important to just plan ahead. If you don't want to do it for yourself. And I have had several days say, why do I care? I'm dead and I'm leaving a life insurance policy. 
your practice still has to be handled in the event of your death. Mm-hmm. Something has to be done with the patient base and stuff. There's still things that have to be done. Why not just put it in writing how you want it? That way you're still trans. You are in charge of how your practice transitions, whether you're there or not. Mm-hmm. It's it it is your wishes for your practice in this document and the information needed to make them come true. So mm-hmm. it's like overwhelmingly peace of mind. Now, if, for an in-case, if and when scenario in the future. But Mm -hmm. I think you'll agree with me, Laura. Like, when we speak to you, Mary, you're so calm and relaxed, like, just calm to listen to that I couldn't think of a a better person to ask for that help from. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank y'all. I feel like I'm all over the place because I get, Mm -hmm. I become so passionate about this topic because to me, it's not a difficult thing to do, but you won't believe the the walls I butt up against with people who don't want, don't find the value in it. I understand the walls that I bounce up against with people who don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to deal with it. And, you know, that happens. And, you know, eventually, you know, mm-hmm. thing do, but there's so many things that um, an admin person can get get together for you your cpa can get together for you you don't have to do it all yourself you know just like when you're selling a practice you rely on other people to handle document gathering so anyway i just i feel it's a very important thing i've made it so extremely affordable as far as the emergency directive on my website and um emergency exit planning you know that's just a however long you need me so hourly charge type thing. And but I do want I would love to see more people take advantage of it. Mm. So there is, as y'all will probably tell people, I guess, a free checklist on my website mm-hmm. that gives. So it's free. You can use this. It's not everything that you need, but that would if you saw that in a checklist, you may not you probably run away. But no, I would help. I would I like to do it in steps so it's not so overwhelming. But this checklist just gives you the basics that if you don't do anything else and you 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 have these things together, you've got a very big head start. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um we'll make sure and have a link to that resource in our show notes as well as a link to your website. And I imagine that when you're going through this emergency directive with practices, that it uncovers some things that maybe need attention anyway throughout the process. Would you say? Yeah, it opens their eyes to things mm-hmm. that need attention. I try not to put on my practice management consulting hat. <laughs> I try not. To, I really do. It's just like if you see someone with a tooth this year, you try, you know, and you're talking to them, you're probably not looking at it and going, I think I can fix that tooth for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, um, yeah, I try not to do that, but they discover things that we can go in and, or they can go in and help. And, you know, if they ask me questions, I'm not going to not tell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I imagine this would be beneficial. You know, obviously we're talking about um, a dentist passing, but there's also things that happen physically where they're incapacitated or injured. And yeah. And so I think that this um, as as an injury preventative, which can happen to anybody at any moment, too, would be a very good 
um, uh, checklist uh, and peace of mind knowing that that's in place. Well, I think that if we could get this message to spouses, it would be so helpful because I mm-hmm. I, I had a situation where a doctor had a stroke about a couple of years ago and he, he, he didn't remember so much. He thought he was still the same way. He would go in and try to practice and tell his staff, where's my patients and all this stuff. And he wasn't supposed to be in there doing that, you know, mm-hmm. so a spout, you know, if we'd had that in it, I did end up helping them sell that practice. But by the time we could do it, you know, this man's legacy, he had worked 49 years in dentistry and he got a little over $200,000 for his practice. Mm-hmm. And he did big dentistry mm-hmm. and v- braces and stuff. So he, it was just, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. just Having it ready because your spouse is going to have to either deal with you becoming disabled or your spouse or your children or somebody in your family mm-hmm. is going to have to deal with this. So mm-hmm. just plan yeah. ahead. Yeah. Oh, very valuable. You know, and it, it, it alludes to the fact that, you know, Mary, as a businesswoman, you are so much more than just your business. And so I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about your experience with breast implant illness and why you are now so passionate about sharing your experience and getting the message out to other women. Uh, It took me three years to even be able to talk about it with Mm -hmm. almost anyone other than my husband after having the explant surgery. So in 2012, I, and just really quickly, I um, I felt like I was looking old and I was still working as transition broker for um, Henry Shine. And I just felt like there's so much competition out there, every, the beautiful women and everything. And I'm like, I just want a mommy makeover. So as women may know, a mommy makeover includes a breast lift. And if you needed a tummy tuck and. I just wanted to breast lift and I didn't want, but he talked me into having implants and I pushed back and pushed back. But ironically, two weeks before my surgery, I was diagnosed with melanoma and guess who was going to be removing my melanoma? The same guy. So I got tired of fighting with him and I said, all right, if you're sure, he said, you're not going to like it if I don't. So he put breast implants in and I thought, okay, fine. He said, they're saline and they're safe. You will not have a problem because I'm allergic to a lot of things like latex and um, rubber and all that kind of stuff. I'm allergic to it. So anyway, I I didn't put it together for a long time. I just started feeling sicker and sicker and sicker. My husband thought it was stress and because I was working really hard, a lot long hours. And um, I just there were I missed events that I was there for. But I don't remember them. Mm. One of the things breast implant illness does is it removes your memory. It's so crazy the different things it can do. So in so I went about just feeling sicker and sicker. And there came times where I didn't care if I woke up the next day. Mm. I was so sick that I was like, I'm okay. I mean, I my daughter's in co- she was out of college by then. Yes, she was out of college by then. 
she had been raised, taken care of. She had college degrees. I was like, my husband will be fine. I just, I'm a burden anyway. You know, it's how I felt. Um, but, you know, I, so I had a consulting girls weekend trip in 2019. I really didn't feel like going, but I went because I loved these ladies. And mm-hmm. one of the ladies on the trip mentioned to me that she could, she, I had opened up a little bit to her about what was going on and just felt so sick. And then she said, you know, I've, I've got a friend on Facebook and she's on Instagram and she's going through breast implant illness and she's getting ready to have her breast implants removed because she's figured out she said, Mary, her symptoms and yours are very similar. She said, have you thought about that? I said, no, I have not actually. <laughs> so that I went home and um, went, went to bed and I got on my phone and started stalking this lady earbuds in and started bawling my eyes out. She was describing my life. She was experiencing the same things and she was in her thirties and I'm in my, by then I met, I was 54, you know? And I thought, wow, same thing, <laughs> you know? And um, so I made it my job to figure out how to get those things out of me. Mm-hmm. And I I figured it out and had the surgery and I have, I feel so much better. I, I have not gone to bed one night since then wishing I didn't wake up, <laughs> you know, that I was so sick. I couldn't explain it to anyone. And I mean, I felt like I looked lazy, but, you know, I'm an introvert anyway, and I'm an empath anyway. And then you make me sick <laughs> and and I've got to work. I'm so stinking responsible that I'm not going to let my clients down. My health will go first. and. <laughs> So it um and it did, but so that's what happened. So there's a long list of symptoms for breast implant illness that blew me away. I had no idea about. And they're in um a magazine that I wrote the article for, Dental Entrepreneur Woman. But they're everything from memory loss to um lymph node swelling, vision blurring, um fuzzy head, um, body aches. I mean, you name it, it it takes on all these different things because what happens is it's your body reacting to the silicone. Mm-hmm. See, my doctor told me, he said, your implants are saline. I thought, okay, well, duh, there's still a, a casing, right? <laughs> guess what? That's mm-hmm. silicone. And guess what? Saline implants have a valve that when you have mammograms and stuff, when you're measuring, the valve can pop a little mm. and bacteria gets out and stuff comes in and, you know, all that stuff. And it will make you sick. It'll make you very sick. So um, when I had my explant, I asked to have my capsules, which is the tissue that forms around the implant to protect your body from them. But it happens to every woman with implants. It's called a capsule. I asked to have that sent off. I wanted a full encapsulectomy. I wanted all of that removed because that's all the forms I read. Every doctor I listened to and what all said, make sure you have the full capsulectomy. So and the results came back with histocytes in my implants. We know what that is. 
means allergy, right? Staph infection. Am I left with? Which is the one that hurts so bad, you know? And I was having a lot, and there were a lot of other things that I listed, but those two stand out most. But those were the, I was like, no wonder, you know? So they, I was encouraged to take a picture of my face the night before surgery and then take another one a day or two later. And if you ever look at those pictures, you see a major difference just in my eyes. Mm. I look glassy eyed. I look like I look I look like a walking, <laughs> walking corpse sometimes, I think, because I, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so here's what I'm trying to get at for people. If you know a woman or if you are a woman or who has an illness that you can't figure out and you happen to have breast implants or you know a woman who has an illness that just they're like they can't figure it out. I mean, I had all the blood tests and everything and little abnormalities would show up, but they didn't add up to show a picture, mm-hmm. you know. So you're you're going to be just frustrated saying, what is wrong with me? Why can't anybody find this out? Mm-hmm. Well, you're allergic to something in your body and your body is overreacting. Mm-hmm. You know, your immune system is just and you're getting sicker and sicker. Silicone ends up in your bloodstream. It ends up in your lymph nodes. It it is amazing the things they find. <laughs> um, and it's it's incredibly toxic. So. That's my story, and I just don't want other women to go through it. It affected my marriage. Thank goodness I have a wonderful husband, but let's talk about these relationships. It affected my, it affects your marriage. You, it can't not. You, you're feeling horrible, and my husband was so patient, but there were so many things we were doing and that I just was absent from. I was there, but I was absent. Mm-hmm. National championship football, college football game, bucket list, seven day trip to the British Virgin Islands on a catamaran with two other couples and a private stinking ship. Mary was there, but not. And then my 50th birthday trip to Napa stayed in this beautiful house in St. Helena. Things if we didn't have pictures and my husband's memory, I would know nothing about these trips. I remember in my memory, I have very few little snap, you know, memories, but thank goodness I have it. So it really did a number on me, on my memory. I remember so little of 2014. Todd says that you remember almost nothing of that year. So, right. yeah, so it will make you sick and it will, thank goodness my husband understood. And I'm hoping other husbands come come around and realize what Todd said to me is he said when I realized what was going on and he asked me why I was crying because I thought he was asleep. He said, why are you crying? And I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, well, you just watch this for a couple minutes. So he started watching it and he looked at me and he said, do you think that's what's wrong with you? I said, I feel sure it is. He said, let's get them out. He said, you're more important than your boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> Um, so anyway so having a good husband that's supportive like that many women do not I'm mm -hmm. on a lot of forums with women who are want them out and their husbands are like no you had them when we got married Mm -hmm. yeah so that's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. but 
woman has to choose her health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to talk about this. Yes. Thank you. It makes a difference for someone. Yeah. Thank you for bringing light to it because, um, you know, like you talk about the symptoms and when you do not have a clear picture, you just, I bet there were days that you thought, is this all in my head? You know? Yes. And I thought I was, yeah, I quit going to the doctor about it. I mean, because you were made to Mm -hmm. feel like a hypochondriac. Um, And a lot of women do. There are women who have killed themselves over this. Women Mm -hmm. who have killed themselves. One of the reasons is when they do realize what's wrong with them, most health insurance will not pay for an explant. Oh, wow. And it's anywhere between ten dollars and $20,000. I know of women who have saved for years to have their breast implants removed because health insurance in the United States will not pay for it unless you have a doctor who believes in breast implant illness mm-hmm. and you're having issues with pain. In my case, I had a... Um, encapsulation where it had you know my muscle had grown into the capsule and that sort of thing and um I was having severe pain and they could prove that Mm -hmm. so I knew enough by the time I went to the doctor to say I'm in pain so this Mm -hmm. is one tip I would love to give to everyone if you have implants and you want them out when you go to that doctor you tell them you're in pain Mm-hmm. They need to document that immediately. Otherwise, your insurance will not pay for it. If you just say they're making me sick, I want them out. Mm-hmm. And there are some breast implant explant doctors who will not take insurance anyway. They only take mm-hmm. cash. Right. But it, I know some other people who have had what I've had. And who have done what I've done and they feel like they have their life back. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I feel like I have mine back. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason I'm so passionate about helping people while I can, because I really didn't think I would live to see the age I am right now. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. Well, we are happy that you are on the other side of this and we appreciate you sharing so vulnerably your your journey so that others can can learn from you. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, I would like to say one more thing. I know you've got it, but the shame that you feel because it's self-inflicted, mm. you brought it on yourself and your spouse. You got I'm I have finally quit beating myself up for the most part about that. Um you got to forgive yourself because the emotional part is Mm-hmm. You know, and my husband's okay with it now. You know, my mama still doesn't know, by the way. I've still never told her. I even had implants, let alone had them removed. <laughs> but, you know, my eh, my siblings have found out slowly um, because mm-hmm. there's magazine articles now. But, <laughs> so, no, it just the shame is a horrible thing because, mm-hmm. you know, it's self-employed. Again, don't feel that way. Yeah. Awesome message. Yeah. And we will include the link to the article that you wrote for Mm -hmm. um, do. And also you were on the just do it podcast with Ann Duffy talking about this too. So we'll make sure those links are below so that anyone can, can get those resources. Yeah. Good. Thank you. In three words, what are three things that you feel now? Like three words that describe how you feel after having that done. That would leave it on a positive, like, this oh, is yeah. why it was worth it. Three words. Alive. Um, 
useful mm-hmm. and um, grateful. Okay. So if anybody is like doubting, you know, is it worth it? Should they do it? Those three words in itself are a beautiful testament to how it changed your life. So mm-hmm. thank you for that, Mary. Yeah. Now, we have a few questions that we ask everybody when they come on our Mint Door podcast. And when we were creating the Mint Door, we had to think very carefully about what the color of our door was going to be. So if you were going to have a door that you could paint any color, what color would your door be? Orange. I love mint. You can tell I love blues, but I love orange too. It's my happy color. Yeah. Um, Navy blue. I love dark blue and navy blue too. Um, That would be my second choice. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Orange is a really happy color. I love orange too. I love it. My parents painted their kitchen. It's white, but then they went for a few bright orange things in it. And everybody was like, when they were making it, like, "Mm, what's it going to look like? But I have to say, it is a super happy kitchen because of the orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I replaced my orange flowers. I've got limelights, you know, these hydrangeas that I cut yesterday so mm-hmm. i put them in here but i had orange flowers and mm-hmm. i have orange stuff everywhere so oh, i love orange very nice well um in in a addition to orange being a happy color um aside from maybe your experience with breast implants what is one thing that happened in your life that you didn't expect and what did you learn from it there's been a lot a lot 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 there the one thing um I the divorce from my daughter's daddy Mm -hmm. um hardest thing I went through he fought me for custody for five years and um I've known him since I was 15 years old I thought I knew him I trusted him with everything in my body I learned to to not trust so easily and not. Yeah, I learned people aren't always who they say they are. Mm-hmm. When people show you who they are, believe them. Maya mm-hmm. Angelou said that. Mm-hmm. And it is so true. Mm-hmm. So I let him show me that a couple of times. And I married him anyway, because I thought he was growing up because we were growing up. So. Anyway, I know you did not expect that, did you? <laughs> oh, that's that's a great, that's a very good answer. And it was um, the first thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That quote is so good. It's a good quote. Like it just when makes people you, show you yeah. who they are. Believe them. Just mm-hmm. makes you think, doesn't it? Because otherwise, you're putting your filter on what you're seeing rather than what's right in front of you. So yeah, right. Thank you for that. Now, so often as high achievers, we get so busy in achieving our goals and continuing on the path that we're meant to be on, that we can forget about the little things that bring joy to our lives. What is one of your favorite memories that means joy to you? This guy right here is big joy to me. Buddy, come here. Oh, oh buddy, <laughs> come here, baby. Come here. He's a white German shepherd rescue. Oh, buddy. Oh, 
Hi, have buddy. you ever seen a white German Shepherd? He, um, he, my dogs bring me so much happiness. Mm. And this is my big guy. He is, he is just a love cuddle bug, but he's all German Shepherd, all drama mm. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a Chihuahua. He's a like big dog and a little. Yeah. yeah, who's who's the side of his size of his head? Yet she bosses him around. But anyway, dogs. I I think dogs are really great memories mm. for. I I love animals mm. in general, but I love dogs, and um, I think that's. I don't know. Him crawling up and giving me kisses. I don't know. Yeah, right now, that's crazy. what makes me happy. Spinning. The day on the beach with my sister, with our toes in the ocean. Mm. Um, on we're in those chairs that are low to the ground, you mm. know that are, and we have our umbrellas clipped on them, and mm-hmm. we have our beverage, and we just sit there and have the deepest talks for mm. days. We've done that before. That's a really great memory. Mm. Yeah. Those are both really special. Yeah, I think we both agree with you, dogs and sisters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with both of those. Yeah. Yes. Dogs, sisters and girlfriends. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've got a girlfriend who cracks me up constantly and we laugh the whole time we're on the phone. So I know the importance of that too. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Well, we would just like to thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your important personal story. Um, to mm-hmm. increase awareness uh, of breast implant illness, but also your passions in dentistry and how you help dentists, how you're their, their friend, how you can help them through a transition, how you can help them plan for the future. These are things that, as Karen said, I think a lot of dentists don't know people like you exist. And so mm-hmm. thank you for what you do to help our profession. And um, you can find out more about Mary at her website, thedentalbusiness.com. And that is where she has her free checklist for the emergency directive. So if that's something you want to get started with, um, go ahead and then give her a call and she'll help you with the rest. Um, And we'll also put the links to your articles in the Do Magazine and your podcast on the Just Do It podcast. Great. Thank you Thank so much for Aww. being a, a bright light in, in in the world and being such a wonderful, joyful person. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you both so much. All right. All right, everybody. That wraps another Mint Door uh, uh, podcast. So we will see you on the next episode. In the meantime, cheers. Cheers.